Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. Yeah, well, money. All right, Daniel, I'm uh, I'm excited. We've got a, a question today. We're gonna jump right into it because I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, some holes are left in the question, so we're gonna have to make some assumptions. Always dangerous. But I like this question from Scott from across the pond. Scott, what do you got for us? DIY. Hi, DIY money. This is Scott from the UK. Me and my fiance have bought our first house, however we do not want to live here forever and are wanting a nicer property in the future. We do have a mortgage, um, could you advise whether we should look at trying to get the mortgage paid off or while paying off the mortgage look at investing money into an ISA to build up a savings for the new property. Any advice would be great, thank you, bye. Oh, I am so tempted to just break into accent dialect but i won't because i'm sure that scott was and all of our friends across the pond are like no i'm not sending in a question if every time i have to listen to that idiot pretend like he has a british accent (laughs) yeah it's awesome though i love it your british accent's awesome or his british both his british accent that's awesome i like one of them (laughs) whatever Anyways, well, all right, let's hit that right right off the top. Daniel, you've got thoughts on this. I know you're in the uh, process of uh, looking, purchasing. You've been a homeowner. You're renting now. So what are your thoughts for Scott here? Uh, so uh, it's a tricky answer because there are a lot of other uh, variables that you have to look at besides kind of everything that he gave us. So he's in a house now. They've already bought that house but they want to move into another house later. Sounds like they want to upgrade, so forth. Uh, And if education serves me correctly, a little bit of Googling as far as UK mortgage rates and so forth, it's going to be a bit different uh, than our US listeners might be used to. Uh, So I'm not sure if you are on a fixed rate, traditional, what we would call a traditional mortgage like here in the States, or if you're on uh, what's popular kind of overseas, which is kind of a beginner's fixed rate, which then goes variable after a certain amount of time. So we would call those an adjustable rate mortgage uh, here in the States, but they're a little bit more popular overseas and more more of kind of the standard go-to. So with that being said, it's hard to say to necessarily pay down the principal Uh, aggressively because you're not going to get a rate of return on that money. That being said, uh, it depends on what you're going to be able to get in the bank as well. So trying to do a comparison between those two rates uh, would be good. We personally uh, oftentimes will look to utilize debt in safe circumstances when we want to make sure that we keep the cash liquid for an upcoming purchase or emergency, et cetera, and we can get an interest rate that is fairly close to, it doesn't actually have to be over, but can be fairly close to uh, the debt that we're paying on such that that, that spread uh, is very minimal. The real uh, realized interest that we're paying is very minimal. So uh, I think you could go either way on this. It's going to come down to the interest rate and the math personally, in my opinion, and what you're comfortable with. The one thing I do like as a homeowner of 
uh, chalking that away into some type of savings is you have that cash available now for big maintenance expenses and so forth. You can then uh, easily pull that out of savings, use that for maintenance expenses, not have to get into debt. And if that slows down kind of your future purchase, so be it, you've at least improved your property and so forth. Now, uh, if you're not going to be very disciplined and you can't sort of sock that away in savings and not touch it, then I would definitely put it in the home equity because then it's locked up there and, and you can pay that down. So a lot of it's going to come down to the math, the interest rates. You can talk to somebody if if that's just not kind of your skill set, if that's not something that you enjoy doing, but it's going to come down to that and then your discipline. We answered this question in a, in a roundabout way before, and uh, we I think the question was excess cash, uh, setting aside or paying down debt. I don't recall what it was, but I remember you and I had a little bit differing opinion as far as whether to pay that debt down or to invest it or whatnot. And we talked about how you would build up an account and possibly invest in very, you know, passive allocation. And if you found something that was more attractive, you could buy. If not, then you could put down on the debt or something along that those lines. I feel like we've been here before, uh, and we'll probably be here many times before. Probably. So I, I, I think, first of all, um, first of all, going back to podcast two or three ago, um, you're engaged, and, and that's great. But now you've bought a house together. So hopefully this wedding is coming up very soon or you have purchased a property together without being legally married which we talked about in a podcast as being dangerous and i will say that we got a message directly from someone who listened to that podcast and it was fascinating because she said oh my i really wish i would have gotten this 20 years ago because I purchased some, I mean, it's, it's almost now, again, I know that's not what you asked Scott, but basically, um, they purchased a property together. They moved in together. Uh, I mean, literally she says here, we built it with our own hands. We put the money down, um, et cetera, et cetera. We started to realize we were not for each other. The problem was we had put the wedding off for another year. In the meantime, our finances were still uh, m- met together. Uh, I knew when we were married, it would be okay. The next year, we realized we had problems, yada, yada. They ended up separating. And she, who was sending me the note, because he had already owned the land, that's where they built the house, she had no rights at all to the property and basically lost all the savings she had put into the property. So, you know, look, I hope the the engagement is wonderful and you've got a date set already and this is great but i you know be careful out there for those of you that are listening uh scott's going down a dangerous path he didn't ask anything about that so i apologize but um but you know this is this is dangerous waters now again you get married it's all great wonderful super i'm still in the camp though that i don't think it has to be one or the other i think it can be um a little bit of both and what i mean by that is I think that I love being uh, debt-free. I, I, I really do. And, and, but a lot of that has to do with that my livelihood is tied up in the marketplace. So mathematically, it makes no sense for me to have paid down a mortgage or paid off a mortgage. It doesn't make any mathematical sense. However, when I apply a qualitative rate of return to that, 
or an emotional rate of return to that, it is astronomically better for me to have paid off uh, my mortgage. However, that's difficult for someone to apply if they're not in uh, the, the market game like I am as a business, or we are as a business, I should say. So that being said, what if you are putting money into an account, you are investing it, but you're investing it in such a way that if real estate prices become attractive again, odds are they're becoming attractive when stocks are down and other investments are also down. You then have access to that capital and you've not maybe put it at risk to the point where you're suffering a big loss and you're concerned about taking it out. So you then could you know, grab that capital, buy another property, et cetera, and maybe move, rent out the existing property, et cetera. But if a few years goes by and you're not you know, finding anything, et cetera, and you've built this up, well, let's say your interest rate's you know, 5 or 6% over on here on the mortgage side, or maybe it's 3 or 4 I don't know. But you haven't put this capital at risk. It's not really earning that much. You may then take a chunk of that and pay it off on the mortgage. So again, I think you build it up, giving yourself options, and evaluate that amount that you've built up on an annual basis. However, and this is a massive caveat, and this is kind of goes back to like podcasts about using credit card points and things like that. If you find that you're building this investment account and every year you're hitting it for a vacation or you're using it for a new car, then you really aren't building that up for a purchase of a home or paying off your mortgage. You're, you're lying to yourself. So you have to have some self-reflection there to say, okay, I'm disciplined enough to put this in another account, and it either, either is going to be used for a home purchase or to pay off the current mortgage, nothing else. Which means you have an emergency fund which means you have margin in your budget in order to save for things like the next holiday or whatever it may be that you're going to use that money for. You like how I used holiday? Yeah, they I don't still said in there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, no accent, but, but I said holiday. But anyways, again, it, it means that you're following the DIY money steps so that you don't, you're not tempted to use that house fund in order to do that. So... In summary, at least my opinion, I think Daniel said basically the same thing. I would pull that money aside, put it into an account, invest it conservatively, and then evaluate it on an annual basis. If you are not going to use it on a given year for a home purchase, consider at that time plopping it down on a mortgage. If you're not you know, certain and it's roughly the same rate of return, then continue to build it up. Uh, and again, though, keeping it liquid enough for you to have it at your exposure if and when properties become available. So there you go, Scott. I hope that's helpful. Thanks so much for uh, for sending that in across the pond. Any of our other UK listeners out there, we'd love to answer your questions. Uh, we will not disrespect you by trying to do your accent. Uh, that's just for the people in the Pacific Northwest or if we happen to get anybody from Boston. There you go. You make fun of the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, remember we had uh, somebody from the north, I don't know, outside of Vancouver or something that sent in. Daniel, do you even remember podcasts we do, people that we talk to? What's happening over there? I 
No. We okay. post it and And it's gone. gone. Out of out of sight. Next out of one, mind. man. Next one. I'm always on the next one. They're always on the next one. All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card.